Tech Dorks. Welcome to the Tech Dorks Podcast, where I, Rob Swindell, and my Canadian friend Stephen Hurd discuss things interesting to us and maybe you, the listener. This show is an unscripted, unedited, unprofessional look into what interests Stephen and I. The only subjects off limits are the three W's, wives, work, and wormholes. If you don't know the difference between fiber bars and fiber optics, then this show may not be for you, but still, we hope you enjoy. Yeah. There, you got it right that time. Yeah. (laughs) I hope. It's actually hard to tell. Like, you know, if I flub a a syllable or something, I can't always tell as I'm saying it. And then... Yeah. Yeah, here it later. It's a surprise for you when you're editing. Yeah, we... Sorry, post-processing. Yeah. Yeah. So, doing a weekly show is hard. Well, I think, you know, once once we uh, have the kinks worked out and... You know, my computer's actually working on a regular basis. I think it'll improve. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a goal. I don't, I feel like if we can, you know, get two to three a month, you know, we can keep people engaged. See, um, now you're just lowering your standards. Well, you're, I don't you're, have a you're choice. You're excuses mean, in advance. You're supposed to I really, really, really want to do a weekly podcast. All right. What day do you want to do it? Well, we're trying to do it Monday nights, which is like Tuesday morning for our yeah, schedules. I don't know. There's, there's been a few Monday nights in a row now that we've bo- either one or both of us have been completely burnt out. Yeah. Last night was not good for me. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And then uh, last week you had... Um, a problem you had to dislodge oh that was wednesday oh well yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you successfully dislodged it mm-hmm. problem solved so yeah what's, what's been new in the last couple of weeks um wow that's a good question yeah so we've done some synchronet stuff yes Yes. Um, I think you've done more than I have. Let me see. I could look at the. Uh, I don't. I don't know that if I've done more, but I've CBS done law. more exciting things. Yeah, for, I agree. For Especially like just the, in the past couple days. The, the web. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, basically, one of the the sore points has always been that the Synchronet Wiki does not run on Synchronet. I th- I don't think most people realize that it's right there on the home page of the yeah. Synchronet Wiki. Yeah, you know, you go to the Wiki home and it says, "However, this Wiki is being served up by Apache yep. for performance reasons." It w- there's always been some haters who have hated the web server, you know, without actual basis of uh, you know real data. But uh, yeah, so I actually went ahead and did some. I've I've been actually planning to to add support for fast cgi for quite some time now and i've been it's been kind of percolating so finally i got it all figured out how i was going to do it and this last weekend i actually went ahead and added that so now php and anything else that has a you know fast cgi interface can now be a lot faster yeah a a little more background on that so uh i run a wiki specifically for the synchronet bbs software and this is a couple not specific synchronous things in there but it's all bbs related um and uh i use doku wiki which is written in php mm-hmm. um and in apache that just runs all within the process because P- php is like built in or it's a library or whatever um but uh for other web servers that don't have native php support 
sort of the old-fashioned way to do that is with CGI. So I think mm-hmm. there's a program called PHP-CGI or something. And we did yeah. manage to get that kind of working when I first installed Doku Wiki and started going that route. Um, but it was uh, substantially slower than, than running uh, in Apache. So fast CGI is kind of a hybrid. It's a it's a uh, daemon or a process running all the time or multiple processes, I guess. But there's mm-hmm. always one main process. Um, so it's not running other programs for every request like a typical well, CGI. Well, it's not starting another program. The program's already started. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's still running other programs. It's just <clears throat> they don't start up just for that one request. They're running all the time. Yeah. I assume there might be some other um, benefits as far as like, you know, how the process communication occurs. I don't know the Not details really. of fast CGI, yeah. but, um, I mean, it, it just all goes over a socket and it's, it's multiplexed over that socket. There, there's a few things that it makes a little bit nicer, but it's basically CGI over a socket rather than through a process or through standard in standard out. Right. To a process. Yeah. 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 And, you know, ha- having it multiplexed actually adds overhead, but most things that aren't Perl <laughs> have really long startup times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Java is probably the worst for that, where, you know, you can actually launch a Java program and it'll take seconds before it actually starts to do anything. You write Hello World in Java, it takes four seconds to execute. Yeah. And, you know, that, that type of thing would ha- would make, mean every request would have that extra few seconds at the beginning of it so this just lets you completely eliminate that and, and there's other performance improvements you've been working on um, specifically around the javascript part yeah well and, yeah. and that was because i added another new feature so so one thing that a lot of stuff depends on is, is mod rewrite in apache which actually lets it lets the web server dynamically change what the uh, client requested into something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, DokuWiki uses that the way it was installed on Apache. So in order to keep the same URLs working, I had to provide a similar functionality for the Synchronet web server. And the issue with that is is they're pretty much always implemented as regular expressions, which if you don't know what those are, Maybe this podcast not for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, but and, the, and they tend to use a, the Perl-compatible regular expression engine, which would be another library to include in Synchronet. And our JavaScript implementation has regular expressions already. So it just made sense to use JavaScript for that. So I added this ability in the uh, web control INI, which is a per-directory configuration similar to Apache's .ht access files. And that will actually run a little piece of JavaScript code. And, you know, you can use that to, to load a file of JavaScript code. The, the problem is, is that that happens on every single request to that directory. So with the startup time of JavaScript being significant. Yeah. yeah, significant. I mean, it's always going to be non-zero, but it was significant. Mm-hmm. And that slowed down the performance. So I dug into that using D-Trace and Flame Graphs and found the remnants of an old performance project I did years ago, maybe a decade ago, I don't even know. But, the Lazy uh, Rights. Yeah, the, the Lazy Resolve. Um, basically, 
in the uh, Spider Monkey JavaScript engine, you can have the code to set the value of a variable not execute until someone actually looks at it. And um, I did that for a lot of the JavaScript object model that Synchronet supports, but I left three objects out because they were, you know, tough to do properly. So I just, you know, kind of didn't do them, and I'd completely forgotten about it until they showed up in the flame graph as obvious big time sinks. And it's already a lot faster than it was, like, I don't know if it's 314 or whatever, before you did the lazy resolve. Yeah. It took, it took even even longer for a JavaScript uh, context, or was it the runtime initialization, uh, where it created those objects. So yeah. you further optimize that. So Right. And, and so I got that down to a nice small period of time that's manageable. It's an acceptable overhead. Um, and yeah, so it, so it should be a little bit faster for all JavaScript stuff. And, um, you know, if, if you can use fast CGI, you can do more. Like WordPress, I believe, supports fast CGI. So, you know, if you want to run WordPress on Synchronet, now it's actually feasible. What's WordPress um, written in? PHP, I believe. Oh, it is also... Oh, okay. I thought yeah. I, said, I thought WordPress was like a website, like where you create your, your own blogs there and stuff. I didn't know it was... Well, it's... Software yeah. that you run it's on... It's like Bugzilla. You know, it's, it's, it's one bug thing, but it's also a thing that other people use. Okay. But yeah, it's it's written in PHP and MySQL, so it's you know something else that can now actually be used. So I'm trying to remove all the reasons to run in a separate web server. Yeah, it's one of the things I liked about Doku wikis. It didn't require MySQL or any other software. It was all kind of standalone and mm -hmm. fairly easy to customize and understand just by looking at the code and the configuration files and such. I just found it. Um, much pro I think MediaWiki is the uh, that's the one that Wikipedia runs right, and uh, it's very popular. It has yeah. a lot of um, prerequisites; they're pretty heavy. For my my little server, which I guess only has three gigabytes of RAM, <laughs> I need to. I need was to only three? That. I thought it was four, but I. <laughs> it looked like three when I looked at it today, but. Oh yeah. I need to open that thing. Up definitely and, use a bit more. Yeah. A bit more RAM in there. I know. I think when I first built that thing, I only had one gig in there. Or maybe it was two. Whoa. But three? Wow, the dark ages. Wow. <laughs> I'm really not utilizing the 64-bit yeah, uh, like address gigs, space. Yeah. Well, you still use the 64-bit address space even. Uh, even three gigs, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, most of the address space isn't used for memory. You know, you map files into it. You have all kinds of stuff in there so i mean yeah yeah you're still using it don't worry don't feel bad about <laughs> your pitiful little computer <laughs> well i was thinking you know it really used to um underutilize the amount of ram it had but we're pushing mm. more and more on it um so now it actually only had like 100 megabytes free yeah when, when you yeah. can buy a, a computer for under 50 bucks that's capable of running your software maybe you could just go ahead and use more memory Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, that motherboard, so that, that CVS.Synchro.Net uh, uh, runs Debian. And that motherboard with CPU, I think I paid 40 bucks for. I don't remember if that include the memory or not. <laughs> but, 
I did add more memory later, and I did upgrade the CPU later, but it was yeah. definitely minimal. But, See, you know, whereas my BBS runs on a 16-core system. I think it's 16. 16-core 16 system with, like, 96 gigs of RAM. And <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's overkill. Well... I mean, it it works fine. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't have performance issues. You right. know, you've never noticed a memory leak. Well, you know, why would I notice that? <laughs> and memory leaks are are less of a problem when you got lots of swap space. It just leaks into your swap space, and it's fine. Yeah, but still, eventually, you could run out of disk space, or you could you know? Yeah, and then it, it's. it's and it's still yeah. forcing it to swap more than it would need to. If well, not if it's a leak. You don't access leaked memory. Otherwise, it's not a leak. It's still tracked, though. You know what I mean? It's still... it's Even though it's going into your swap and it never gets swapped or paged back in or whatever, it's still tracked. You know, it still knows. Oh, hey, yeah. There's this pointer. It, it, it's like 32 bits for every 4K. You know, yeah. it's... I'll still run out of hard drive space before. Well, I uh, yeah, it's but it's it's just increasing this uh, link list or whatever the table is that it used to look up, you know, what's been allocated and. Uh, yeah, I think that's per process though. Yeah, I mean it 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 does have side effects besides being wrong and making you feel bad about your code, but. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing I know that still exists in Synchronet. Bad code. It, no, well. <laughs> <laughs> memory leaks. You know, I just... You, you know, know those exist? Oh, yeah. Why haven't yeah. you fixed them? Because I don't know where they are. Well, you use Valgrind. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's been a while since I did that, and I don't... I've never done it on the Windows version. Certainly not on Well, there the, isn't the a Valgrind for Windows. Well, that would be why. But I'm sure Microsoft has some kind of memory leak detection thing in their... Uh, whatever they call Visual Studio. Yeah, and some of it is an intentional memory leak. Like the Synchronet control panel, um, I think it still works this way. It, it, actually, everything that gets logged, it gets saved in the log window. It's well, like that's not a memory link. leak. If it's still reachable, it's not <laughs> <Yeah>. a leak. <laughs> okay. You know, if, if you're keeping it on purpose, yeah. it's not a leak. Yeah. A leak is keeping it on accident. Yeah, it's like an intentional uh, sync. Mm-hmm. It's a memory sync. So I read the the JavaScript, the good parts. Is that the name of that book? Yeah, yeah. I want to read it again, but I want you to read it. Well, too, you can't. So. I have it. Well, <laughs> I, I think you're going to finish that pretty quickly. It's a pretty small book. Well, I'm not sure that it'll hold my attention, though. It's like reading a dictionary. You know, it, it changes topic every two paragraphs, kind of thing. Well, I, I I found it. I, the only thing I didn't do was actually read every line of, of every example script. You know, you get the gist pretty quick. You're like, okay, move on. Well, know? and it's, it's kind of written for beginners, so... The beginning part is. Okay, but well, it the gets, yeah. teeny bit I read. And then there's there's these weird diagrams in there that... The railroad know, charts or whatever they call them. Is that what he calls them? Something I mean, they're like just that, yeah. dumb looking. I mean, yeah. I look at it and I have to sit and stare at it for like five minutes to figure out what it's trying to say. And they're not important. And I don't even understand what the lines <laughs> represent. You know, it, it's it's like, yeah, just completely 
And it doesn't all apply to synchronous. You know, like, he was just trying to bump it up to 150 pages so that he could justify the price. I mean, the good part of JavaScript is not a big book. No, it's a tiny <laughs> book, and it includes the bad parts, too. And I think it was like 20 bucks. It was overpriced for what it was. Oh, wow. Why didn't you buy yeah. it used on Amazon? Um, I don't know. I bought a new one on Amazon instead. Well, that's just silly for books. Yeah. Whatever. I don't think the used, you know, used discount wasn't big enough to. I usually get them for like a couple bucks. So used, um, ten bucks. New, eighteen bucks. So I mean. Oh, that's the current price. That's the current price oh, okay. on Amazon right now. Okay. Well, maybe with so. the tax, it was twenty or whatever. Yeah. Well, it used to be thirty bucks. Apparently. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, and I don't believe Amazon anymore. Every single thing on Amazon is on sale, and there's a crazy price that's always, you know, has oh, the, right. the overstrike through it. Yeah, yeah. So, the MSRP. I, well, here, it, actually, it'll be printed on the back. This is a book. Oh, yeah, that is the MSRP. is twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Well, O'Reilly books tend to be expensive, but they also tend to be good. So Yeah. So, I, I did pick up a few tips from that book that might show mm. up in my code but there's also a few things like you know he's he's got kind of a style or a dogma he's trying to you know program the reader with yeah and say you know don't use these things like you know don't ever use um pre-increment or yeah or the pre and post increment operators you know yeah i mean like with synchronet you know you you have to use new to create (laughs) like you don't have to use new a new message base I don't think you have to use new. I think you can just call it message base. Is that true? I've never tried. <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't make assertions then. Hmm. <laughs> That's a good question. But I mean, I mean, as far as not using new, I well, don't. Well, then it doesn't call the constructor, anymore. right? If you don't, if you just call message the function base as a is function. the constructor. I don't know if that's true though with the native uh, classes. It's kind of a spider monkey detail. Yeah. I, Which okay, the book new. is not spider monkey specific. You know, it's all about, you know, writing everything you do in JavaScript. Whereas, you know, we have kind of a hybrid, you know, we're writing uh, native code and C and C plus plus, and then making those classes and objects available in JavaScript. And then mm. also, of course, we also do other things purely in JavaScript. Yeah, basically what what he's saying is instead of using new, you have you just have a function that returns a new object rather right. than use new which creates a new object and passes it to the function as this. Right. And it's to to prevent the accidental not using new when you're supposed to. Right. Which and yeah. In the case of of the synchronous object Which isn't objects, an error. And that's that's the problem. Yeah. And I mean Sure, that's a problem, but just don't do that then, you know. <laughs> well, like not saying new object or new array, you know. Use yeah, open, so close, you'd have a function that's like create array or something, you know, is, is what he's suggesting you do. You know, but he also says switch fall through should not be used because he made a mistake once. Right. You know, uh, that and I, it's, yeah, yeah, that was ridiculous. But some of his stuff is absolutely right. The, the, 
equality operator with the two equals equality operator. Yeah, I got to get away bad. from that. I got to get I away mean, from that. It, it's just horrible bad. I still use it all the time. Well, uh, part of the reason I use it in synchronic code is because there's undefined null and void and all things that I don't know if they equal each other. So I don't know if undefined equal equal equals null. <laughs> You know, no, and I, I don't think it, it does. <laughs> and and some things will return null on error, but they can also return undefined. So I mean, you know, so, sometimes there's a reason to use it. And as a C programmer, I have a tendency to use expressions inside of if blocks. Yeah. Not equality. He, does, he doesn't tests. like that either. The author totally says don't do that. Well, right, exactly, because it's the same as using an equals equals. It, is the problem. It, it it tests how truthy it is. And there's a lot of things that um, are true. You know, it's like strings. You know, it, in C, you don't, re- you don't usually want to test if a string is true. No. Unless it's a pointer, and that's... But, <laughs> you know, so it's... You, you basically, you always have that problem anytime you use that type of construct. But, I mean, once you're aware of it, just be careful. Yeah, you know, he you says continue still... is bad. You know. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's just. Yeah, know, he says all code crazy. that uses continue should be refactored to not use it. It's like wow. It's a, he has uh, he says, and I quote: "I have never seen a piece of code that was not improved by refactoring it to remove the continue statement." Yeah. And, and I didn't highlight that. I you did not. <laughs> I, I have seen code. I have seen code. That the only way to refactor it would be using a go-to or an extra if block wrapped around stuff for no apparent reason, right? So you'd have a whole bunch of if blocks that all tucked up to the end of your loop. And that's, I mean, yeah, some of his stuff it, I disagree with. And I, I mean, I've read stuff that he's written a one thing, lot. One thing you know? um, that is now very well baked in to my brain and I think um, he had a good suggestion and that is always declaring your JavaScript variables at the top of a function because nested blocks in JavaScript don't really give you nested scope. Yeah. A, a, a variable just defined anywhere in a function doesn't matter how many blocks or you know sub blocks you have defined in a function uh, that variable is actually visible within the entire uh, function. So um it's it's kind of it, it makes the reader, especially if you're familiar with uh, like C plus plus, think that you know oh this variable you know is is unique or even C from the last fifteen years. Yeah, so it, right, it looks like C or C plus plus, or maybe it's Java too. It has that same. Yeah, it, it's um, a very common thing. way to design stuff. Right, but JavaScript didn't do that, and but yet you can still use that same syntax, and it kind of is misleading, basically. Well, JavaScript has a lot of problems with scope. I mean, I've I've had all kinds of weird things that I didn't expect in scope. So, it, so like if you have a function declared inside of a constructor function, that function cannot refer to this because the this in that function is either local to that function yeah. or it's global. Right. It's not the one in the object. Yeah, he showed the using that <laughs> in a trick yeah, for declaring that. Yeah, that. 
But yeah, I've, I've read a lot of his articles and stuff. He's he's definitely one of the most prolific um, JavaScript authors on the internet. So I mean, it, it's hard not to run into his his stuff. Yeah. Oh, we have we have his code in in the Synchronet CVS repository, right? Is it, if he wrote JS Lint and our JS Lint yeah. is based on his, then yep, it yeah. is. And I really have to update that. Just one of the many things to do on the to do list. So did so you took his JS Lint and then you had to do something to it to get it to run in Synchronet? Well, or? yeah, I had to add support for load was a big thing, mm-hmm. right? Because so many variables that people use in their scripts are actually defined in another file. Mm-hmm. So instead of getting all the warnings of stuff from loaded things, so I had to add support for load, and then I had to add support for the uh, all the global functions and and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that those were the hard ones, and then there was a couple other things, and I disabled a few of the warnings just because they're dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw some of the defaults were, you know, go in line with his dogma. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh no, you used, you know, post increment operator or whatever. <laughs> well, I think there's one big one that I always ignore and think I should really fix it so it doesn't do that. Maybe I've actually done that. Here, let me actually let me actually run the thing here somewhere. Let's see. Yeah, I, I But I mean I have used it a lot and it has found bugs. You know, it, yeah. I, I, try oh, I think to it run warns it. by the just the the two equals and not equals. Operators. No, it doesn't do that. I th- well, by default, I think it does. Well, sync JS link definitely doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a chapter in that book that uh, shows you the options. And um, oh, it's the uh, when you do a for each, if you don't have a test inside right, of it, it gives right. you a warning. Yeah, I remember that one too. Yeah. yeah. And it'll, uh, what is it? It gives you an error if you use eval. Well, that I, I don't necessarily disagree with. <laughs> I'm, I'm using eval in the uh, uh, Synchronet BBS list, the new Synchronet BBS list, mm-hmm. entirely written in JavaScript. Um, it has a, uh, so the way that, program or script works is uh, it's pretty much all in one um, and you pass a command line uh, argument so uh, if you want to run it as a door you can pass it browse and then it kind of runs like as this browser mode not web browser but like mm. <laughs> a terminal browser where you can browse the <laughs> list and add and, and uh, edit um, or you can also just kind of get it get like an entire list or a segment of the list, like, you know, currently on Vertrauen, my BBS, when you log off, if you use the, the, the long log off version, you know, where you just mm. say, oh, and yes, um, it'll, uh, for the longest time, it's included a link to the Synchronet BBS list, you know, the HTML page, and just said, check out these boards. Well, now it actually displays like a dozen randomly picked BBSs from the list. You know, it shows just the name in, in the address. Um but to do that, I needed to um, pass a filter to this script because I wanted it to, you know, to be flexible, right? And in this mm. case, I want to pick only BBSs that, you know, run Synchronet as their software because that's one of the fields, you know, in the database. Mm. Um, and 
that are currently uh, verified, um, and I forget what the other criteria was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it and it needs to be randomized. But um, and so that criteria, I wanted to be able to express that as just comparisons of variables from the database. That's JavaScript. Mm-hmm. So to do that, you really want to, you know, and you need to eval it. Well, I've I've actually done something very similar, and I didn't use eval. So, I mean, there you go. I used uh, keys and regular expressions. So yeah, but it's basically it's a, I passed a. It's not a flat. It's not a flat model, though. I I used kind of you know a heavily nested uh, data structure. So just you know, keys would have worked if it was just one flat um, set of properties. Is it, is well, it, you could yeah. make it work with uh, with nested objects too. I mean, you just have an object separator and off to town you go. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Anyway, in this case, the sysop is providing the command line arguments. It's not like the user, you know, <laughs> can provide that in any way. So it's not a security issue. Um, that's the main concern with eval in JavaScript is that it's a security, you know, hole. I don't know if that's the only big concern. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I used, in that little feature, I used with and eval, two two, uh, evils. (laughs) (laughs) With is another... uh, keyword in javascript that's frowned upon yeah there's there's the number continue is frowned upon so i mean well just by that guy god I, that's <laughs> i use continue so much in fall throughs you know in case statements fall throughs i i don't use that much but i do use them oh i use them a lot i mean i yeah. I, I miss having go to so <laughs> you know so go to guy yeah that's right but actually, it, it does appear that SyncJS Lint just found a bug in JSONDB.js. Oh, yeah! Hey, I just I just picked Pay that attention. as I, I picked the JSON service as. as we found like, the uh, computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. <laughs> I can shorten that clip. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think <laughs> I think that would be a a worthwhile <laughs> endeavor. But yeah, on J in JSONDB.js line forty eight is a spectacular line. So this function takes a scope argument, and um, like it's actually called scope. That's the variable name. Mm. And then like five lines in to the function is the line var scope equals scope. Var dot scope? No, var space yeah. scope, scope equals, equals scope. scope. That's not going to Semicolon. Work. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Now, that's not really a bug. That's just... Oh, I guess... Dumb. Huh. <laughs> so you don't need to do, like, arguments? Well, no, it, it's, the same, it's the same as saying i equals i. You know, because the variable already exists, so the var is ignored. It's it's not declaring a new variable, yeah, yeah. and it's assigning it to itself. So it it really just and that that was the uh, warning in in JS Lint. Um, the warning in JS Lint is off my screen at the moment. Let me just oh. rerun it here. 
Um, I think it says scope is already defined or something like that. Uh. Let's see. Scope. Scope. Yes. Scope is already defined. Which it is. It's already defined and it already has the value you want. So I'm just going to delete those three lines. CVS. <laughs> commit. That JSON DB file. Oop, I got to change that directory because that's how CVS works. JSON DB.js. Fix. Remove useless code. Useless, useless code. Listen to podcast for more <laughs> details. <laughs> oh, na- name this movie. Jeff. No. I named it. I, what I, the it's hell? Just, I just named it. I, I don't, what the hell? I don't know. Give me more. Can you hear it? No. Okay. Well, I failed there. I'll go home. Okay, still waiting. Yeah, well, I had the wrong playback device selected. Oh, my goodness. I know. I heard it loud. Okay, so you're going to have to give me an idea about the uh, volume level. Um, Oh, if it's just once, I don't care. My ears will take it. Okay. So, let's see if you can name this movie. Jurassic Park. Hear it? No. Still no? (laughs) Still no. Okay. I just went with Jurassic Park because <laughs> I don't recognize that movie. Okay, so uh, there's a new Fire TV box, uh, Amazon Fire TV. Mm. I'm going to go with Roku. I can't imagine wanting to lock myself into Amazon. You're not locked into Amazon. Sure. It's just they're the, they provide content and they support the hardware. Yeah. So you're totally not locked in. Well, I've I uh, have bought several of these devices, yeah. the stick and the box, not the new one, um, and given them to my in-laws and my mother and father, and and we have one, um, and none of us have ever bought Amazon content on there. <laughs> so, so why why did you pick that over a Roku? Uh, because it has a better Plex app. Ah, that's right. And and it was cheaper. Flexor. Yeah. And it was cheaper. Yeah. No, the the Roku is definitely what I'm going to buy myself for Christmas. Cuz it was either that or an Xbox 1. Oh, that's a big difference. Roku's Not are like what 99 bucks or I don't know which model, but Right, but the I games could. aren't as good. <laughs> You know, so, so that's it's a trade-off. So that's another thing. The, the Fire TV uh, can play games, and if you get the the box version, it really plays the better games, like you know, Minecraft. Yeah, same with Roku. I don't. I haven't seen games on a Roku. So, um, I was. Uh, my wife was complaining that our, our our Blu-ray player downstairs, which we also use to play Plex apps, mm-hmm. or you know, play the Plex app, and also Netflix, and I think that's all we use it for, really. Um, that it was starting to overheat and get flaky or something. Uh, so I was, lo- so I noticed that there was a new fire TV. So I was considering that also checking out what other or new Blu-ray players, you know, run a good Plex app on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it came across the Sony Blu-ray player. I forget the model number, but it's like 80 bucks anyway. And it'll play PlayStation three games. 
all you need is the controller, yeah. which we don't have. We don't even own any PlayStation <laughs> 3 games, but still, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, we still got a bunch of PlayStation 3 games. But yeah, the Roku 3 actually has a motion controller. And they got lots of games for it. But, and uh, then Apple T- there's a new Apple TV out now, too. Or it's coming out or whatever. I think yeah, it's I'm, out. I'm never giving Apple my money again. So that, that's a non-starter for me. Hmm. I don't own an Apple TV. My, uh, my dad does. Uh, Owns a few of them. Yeah, everything I hear about it and everything I read about it suggests, you know, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, but it's Apple also more expensive. Is, is the king of lock-in. I mean, yeah, that's not something I'm interested in. Well, the so you know I've mentioned Plex already like five times, but yes, the, the, have, yeah. the new thing is that they've opened it up to developers, so it doesn't just run Apple apps; it'll run, mm-hmm. I guess, an app store. Of a kind, some right. kind of app store, and they have a, a Plex app now for it. Um, and I assume there'll be other lots of other apps. You know, which kind of brings me to another topic. I, like I, I don't know. Whenever I bought the Chromecast, mm-hmm. um, it was, I don't know. It was over a year ago. Maybe it was a couple years ago now. Anyway, I was in Walmart, and uh, you know, I was picking up the, the Chromecast, and I think I was looking for something else, like an HDMI cable or something. Mm-hmm. And there was some guy there with his girlfriend. He was kind of a scummy guy. Anyway, and he noticed that I was buying the Chromecast. So, oh, that thing's awesome. He's all, he's all, um, he's all, you know, give me your phone number and I'll hook you up, you know, with my service, you know, 10 bucks a month and you get all the movies and, you know, all the, <laughs> all the, all the movie channels and everything. I'm like, what? I'm like, what's the quality like? So, oh, it's perfect. I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, I was, I wasn't seriously considering it, but I was curious, you know, like, what is he doing? Right. You know, it's obviously a scam. He's breaking all kinds of laws or whatever. He's, you know, it's almost like a drug deal. You know, in Walmart. Says the guy who reads Plex. Hey, you can, <laughs> you can, most of my content on Plex is totally legit owned content, you know. That doesn't mean you can use it on Plex. Huh? So, legit owned content, you mean you purchased a digital copy and licensed it for use with Plex? No, like I ripped okay, the DVD yeah. that I own. Right, see, that's illegal. <laughs> That's that right there is illegal. That's, that's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. So I mean, it's not totally legal content. Yeah, is all okay. I'm saying. Yeah, it'll also play like all the music that I have ripped and yeah. um, home movies that I've taken of my family. I certainly own the rights to that. Yes, yes, that's true. I, I will not argue with that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I mean, I was just curious, and then I noticed that like when we were in Barbados. The, uh, the family that was staying in, in the same kind of apartment thing that we were, um, mm-hmm. that they were, to, oh, they, we were talking about some new movie and like, oh yeah, we already watched that on our, on our, on our black box or whatever, you know, I'm like, huh? And they're like, yeah, my friend will tell you about it. And some, you know, local guy was, came by and was visiting with them and, you know, he was telling me, you know, that he's got these little Linux devices that he sells and, um. And he's like, yeah, you know, we get the streams, you know, from the same, the same providers of like Netflix and HBO and stuff. I'm like that's impossible. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really curious. And then if you look at like Craigslist, mm-hmm. you'll find them, and they're they're like side loaded or jailbroken, whatever you want to call it, uh, like Amazon Fire TVs or these other uh, little you know Linux uh, media servers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Let me see. Let me give you a thing, good thing to search for. What's the new version of Xbox M- M- 
XBMC. This has got a new name. Uh, Navio or it, something? I, I, I still don't know. XBMC. Cody. That's it. Oh, so yeah, go on Craigslist and you search for K-O-D-I. <laughs> you'll find, yeah, people selling these sticks. And it's like an Amazon Fire TV stick. Like you can buy it for like 40 bucks or even less, you know, mm. new from, from Amazon. They sell them for like 80 bucks. And it's supposed to be free, like a no monthly fee or whatever. And it's preloaded to connect to their servers or whatever. And then they send you the content. You know, it's supposed to be all the new movies and mm. uh, HBO and Showtime shows or whatever. Um, but I just, I don't know how they could do that, how they could sustain that model and, and uh, you know, and how people buy this stuff. And then what happens when the server goes down, you mm-hmm. know, and they just stop <laughs> answering, you know what I mean? The IP address, you know, no longer works or whatever. Yeah. Then they mm-hmm. learn a valuable lesson. Huh. I'm curious. I'm curious mm-hmm. if uh, anybody has ever bought one of these things. Um, they're just, especially, I see, I see a lot of fire TVs on here. By a TV stick with Cody. Yeah. Uh, and a Cody is kind of like Flex and an Xbox Media Center, but in this case, the server is running at some other guy's place, whether it's a rented uh, server or it's running yeah. it out of his house. I don't know. And he's serving up all this Im- illegal content, I assume. Yeah. But and, yeah, I'm going with a Roku. It's, it's better. So... You know. The one of the uh, problems with the Fire TV is, is uh, you can't use it's a Bluetooth remote, okay. Which, which is nice when when the stick is behind the TV, like you plug it in an HDMI port buff behind the TV. Well, then my, Bluetooth. My is TV nice. actually blocks RF, so that would not be nice. Yeah, oh. I can barely get Wi-Fi behind my TV, let alone Bluetooth. Okay, well if your TV is not a wall. <laughs> a mirror and glass then it's a nice thing um i mean you, certainly uh ir will never work if your device is behind the tv unless you have like an ir repeater or whatever right or it has the little thing that comes out kind yeah, of thing the little yeah it's like a repeater mm. or whatever the little tail receiver thing um yeah but that also means that you can't use like a harmony remote with it Unless you have a Harmony that does RF. Well, I don't... No, no. This 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 is Bluetooth. It's not just generic RF, I guess. It's specifically Bluetooth. So, there is something called a Harmony Hub, but it's like another 80 bucks. That's actually pretty cheap for a Harmony remote. Well, it's not the remote. It's a hub. So, it's like some kind of... I, I don't know the details. I don't own one. I, I do own a Harmony remote. You know, my, it's... My wife uses it, and she loves it because it's one remote for everything. But if I gave her a Fire TV to replace the Blu-ray player, it wouldn't work, you know, for the Fire TV. Unless maybe I've also bought this hub, which is another 80 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever it is, mm. you know, and then configure it all right and everything. So, ah. Anyway, that's a strike against the Fire TV for that application. Yeah, I do like all my Harmonies. I've replaced all my remotes with Harmonies now. That's kind of a, an expensive hobby. I buy them used. Oh, really? Yeah, I pick them up on like eBay for, you know, 10 bucks kind of wow. thing. And they're all compatible? Like you use the same web app to configure them and everything? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, it, it's, yeah, I've, I've been very happy. I've, I mean, we paid like 50 bucks for our first one. It was on clearance somewhere. And I just liked it so much that I, I replaced all of my remotes with them. So, yeah. 
highly and they've been making them for a long time yeah yeah and that that's that's why they have support for everything but i think the old ones like weren't even usb like they had like you know serial connections or something I I never have I don't have any with serial connections. Actually, the S in USB is, stands for serial. So <laughs> RS two thirty two. Let me correct myself. Anyway, <laughs> I I have a serial hard drive. Yeah. The S in SATA stands for serial. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, what what they have going for them that that nobody else can come close to is is because they're all learning remotes and they report back to a centralized database it knows every device that's ever had a harmony programmed for it anywhere in the world and that's a huge database have you contributed to that database i have oh i, I did i have i've contributed um when i bought my newest blu-ray player uh its remote was not in the harmony <clears throat> database so i actually did the whole program thing for it and now Nobody else in the world ever has to do that again. As long as you did it right. I did. As long as you didn't insert malware. I don't think you can. <laughs> okay, name this movie. Hopefully okay. It it's a home park. It's very pretty. You know, just simple lines intertwining... You know, very much like I'm really influenced by Mozart and Bach, and it's sort of in between those. It's really, it's like a Mach piece, really. It's, what do you call this? Well, this piece is called uh, "Lick My Love Pump." <laughs> I have not watched Spinal Tap for a long time, so I don't know if it's Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah, this is Spinal Tap. Right. That's it. That's the title of the movie. This is Spinal Tap. Yes, I know. I, oh, okay. I actually have it. I, I just recently purchased it on Blu-ray, I believe, and just haven't gotten around to watching it. Oh. that's prob- They, they probably included Blu-ray. all kinds of extra content, too, on that. I assume so, yeah. yeah. Assuming there is any. Yeah. I mean, it, Music it's hard videos to add extra and... content to something 20 years old, you know. <sighs> they did. They kept coming out with uh, music videos, and they even had an album. And... None of it. I have you know, that album. Yeah. None of it was as good as the the actual movie, but not saying that the movie was necessarily good by any <laughs> objective measure. <laughs> it's a great movie. I'm not saying it's not great. I'm yeah. just saying that you yeah. know it, when you say what does it take to make a good movie, I don't think that you would list the things that we are Spinal Tap has. This is Spinal Tap, or this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think necessarily the two lists would intersect in any way yeah you know but yeah that's one of my all-time a- favorites and it, it often messes me up too because i'll be looking i'm like oh i want to spinal one more spinal tap so i'll be sorting alphabetically you know through the s's and it's like man i could swear i had that <laughs> <laughs> starts with t okay i'm gonna paste a link into mumble we use mumble oh, okay. for our podcast yeah, we've already told them. If they don't and, know that uh, by now, they... Yeah, anyway. we don't often chat and mumble, but... Okay, so you can watch this as I play it for the the, uh, the listeners. And I have to give a disclaimer, okay? Look at this stupid bullshit. Look at this shit. 
Look at this stupid bullshit. Restarting in 12 minutes and 58 seconds. This shit comes up on my computer every single day. Automatically, your PC needs to restart to finish installing important updates. Every hmm. single day. And every single day, I click later. You know why I click later? Because there's no option to click <laughs> never. I like to click never. I never want to install these bullshit, meaningless, superfluous... I hate them! I hate these stupid updates! Look at this shit! Every day this comes up! And you know what happens after you click later a few times? No, the video really doesn't add anything. And you keep clicking later and later because you don't want to fucking do it. You just want to put it off. This automatic bullshit that interrupts your work and makes you turn off your fucking computer and you click later every day. Eventually, it takes away the option to even click later. And it just says, these are your only options. It's basically putting a knife to your head and saying you can either, you can either fucking, you, you can either wait 11 minutes and we'll sh shut it off for you or you can just, you know, bite the bullet it and shut it off now it doesn't even give you a choice to say no it just comes up whenever it wants automatically and says fuck you we're turning off your computer no matter what you're doing in 10 minutes and 47 seconds look at this shit i am fucking rendering something you cocksucker i'm doing important shit why do you need to install updates what updates some more fucking spyware so the nsa can keep watching what i'm doing looking at my dick pics and watching me jack off Spying on me, Obama, you fucking nigger! I'm a racist! You made me a racist! <laughs> okay. Now, granted, I totally do not condone his language or his, you know, racial epitaphs there. Or, but, uh, or his desire to never install <laughs> updates. Or his complaint that when he says later, it happens again later. You know, well, right, eventually, right eventually, off the bat, eventually, it doesn't give you the later option. Is what is what he's because complaining you clearly, about. when you said later, you didn't actually mean later. So yeah, you know, I'm going to take that option away from you because you're not doing it. It's like your kids; you tell them to do something and they don't do it, and then you oh, say, yeah. "Okay, you have to do this," and they say, yeah. "I'll yeah, do it later." Oh, that's yeah. that's the same time that this guy is saying he'll install the updates. It's the same later. That, that your kids tell you. Yeah. But what I mean, if what if your computer is doing something super critical, like, you know... Then you uh, should have installed your updates a week ago when it told you to. Yeah, but what if you've been on dialysis for a week? And this machine is keeping, you know, the blood pumping through your liver. Or whatever. <laughs> Kid me, I don't know what dialysis does. <laughs> your liver dialysis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just, you literally can't use it for anything that's mission critical because it forces you to reboot the computer. And sometimes, you know, I mean, I'm running the pro okay, version. I, I'm not comfortable with the idea of someone using an uh, internet connected computer for something mission critical and never installing the updates. That's worse. Well... <sighs> Okay, because we know it's connected to the internet. Otherwise, Otherwise it, wouldn't it wouldn't have, have any updates. updates to install. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's connected to the internet, and they're never installing updates. That's just bad. Well, so if, I'm not if sure my, we never. How about if once my a month? liver depends on that, <laughs> <laughs> I want them to deal with some way <laughs> of getting the updates. Yeah. You know? You don't want your uh, your liver to become infected with malware. No, I do not. I do not want someone getting on the internet 
and putting the, the hooking the, the the bile duct from my gallbladder up to my kidney when it's supposed to go to my liver, and then my pancreas will go through my esophagus, and you know I don't want someone doing that from the internet. Oh. In fact, they I wanted I, to play Minecraft with your dialysis machine, so <laughs> yeah. The new so Java I mean, version being connected to the internet and not installing updates is inexcusable. It's you know, so I yeah, mean, but they need to give you more flexibility. I mean, if you really want to put it off for a month, you should be able to put it off for a month. Did he? Did he rage? I didn't notice him saying how long that eventually is. Well, I didn't say how long, how long you could put been it doing it for, but I know it's not a month. They don't let you go a month. I mean, oh, I think well, that was the home If version. you know it's not a month, that yeah. means you know what it is. Well, I don't run the, the home version, so I haven't been through that. The pro version does let you put it off, but then it starts <laughs> starts scheduling it for you. It's, it tells you, it says, we scheduled your reboot for this Saturday at 3.30 in, you know, a.m. If that's not okay, then set it for another time. <laughs> What if I wasn't around to see that? What if I was, you know, then the clearly it's okay to do it now. Maybe not. You know, my, my, my computers are servers, you know, people are using them. They're watching Plex. Then you should be running the server version of an OS. Just saying. <sighs> I like to use it. I like to, you know, save power and space and, you know, dual purpose. By not running a server OS on your server? Well, it's my my. How does that my, power in my space? My workstation computer is also a server. So, because that way, I don't have to run a separate server. You know what I mean? My my video editing machine is so the it's same your workstation. Is, yeah, it's my workstation. Right. So it's anyway, not a server. It's enough a of that. And I apologize mm-hmm. for the end there. I just thought you know he was pretty good at it. it you know, going off uh, on a tangent and then just really falling off the rails. Yeah, but he started off off the rails, to me, in my mind. Yeah. I mean, okay. he, he began in a bad place saying, I never want updates for my computer. <laughs> but I'm going to leave it connected he, to the internet. It was obvious. I, th- I think Windows the whole XP. thing is in humor. I don't think he literally means never. You know? And when he says yeah. rendering, he's like po- pointing it at a Skype window or something. It wasn't even... didn't look like he was rendering anything to me. Oh, oh, well, that video. They, they, if you want to find that video to the listener. Good luck. <laughs> Google uh, Windows 10 Update Rage. It's on YouTube. Or it's https colon slash slash www.youtube.com slash watch question mark V as in Victor. I'm actually going to use uh, international phonetics from this point on. Oh, you didn't use... Uh, Victor is- equals 8 uniform Mike, capital Yankee, capital Papa, and then back to lowercase, Whiskey, capital Tango, Yankee, that's lowercase, 5, capital Tango, capital Alpha. Whiskey, X-Ray 6, Yankee, Yankee, Zulu. No, that is not in there. Do not put that in the URL. <laughs> the URL, once again. <laughs> you didn't even give the, the Y-O-U-T-U dot B-E URL. They have well, because URLs. people know how to type <clears throat> YouTube. Okay, fine. Yeah. Hotel, Tango, Tango, <laughs> Papa, Sierra, colon, stroke, stroke. Whiskey, Wait, let me whiskey, use some whiskey. Uh, QRM. <laughs> Decimal point. You're breaking Yankee, up. Uh, Oscar, Uniform, Tango, Uniform, Bravo, Echo, Decimal point, 
Charlie, Oscar, Mike, Stroke, Whiskey, Alpha, Tango, Charlie, Hotel, Interrogation Mark, Victor, Double Bar, 8, Uniform, Mike, Capital Yankee, Capital Papa, Whiskey, <sighs> Capital Tango, okay, okay, Yankee, okay, okay, 5, okay. We get, we Capital get Tango, we get Capital Alpha. Right. You're welcome. You, you literally asked for that. No, I didn't. Okay, so uh, that brings up a, a sad point, a silent key. A couple sad points. Yeah, just a couple at least. Um, anyway, but uh, Chuck Forsberg, mm-hmm. uh, he was uh, WA7KGX. Uh, he mm-hmm. passed away in September. Um, and if you don't recognize his name, he was a computer scientist, uh, I guess electrical engineer and somewhat of a software programmer, and he invented Y-Modem and Z-Modem, which um, a lot of BBS users and sysops will be very familiar with. DSC, GSC, FDSC. Um, he had some also some terminal programs like called YAM. Um, but certainly like DSC, FDSC, GSC, I use those a lot. Rhett had to yeah. try to read his uh, Y modem and Z modem specifications and his source code. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, he uh, passed away at the age of 71. And um, someone was recently asking about um, Omen Technology. That was his company. And I noticed his website was down. Um, and then uh, that kind of got me curious. Gee, I, I wonder if something happened to him. And then I found his obituary and. Actually, I think Wikipedia is already updated. So, that's a bummer. Yeah. We also lost the Reverend Eli Sanford, who was yeah. kind of carrying the WWIV torch. He's a lot younger. And yeah. So, yeah, it's been a bad month for the BBS underground. Yeah, Eli was also a podcaster, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or I know he made. So videos. he had a, a radio DJ thing going on. He always had streams going with music or talking or what? Yeah, music mostly. Oh, oh. yeah. I I listened to his streams a couple times. Yeah, he's got a YouTube channel, uh, Reverend Eli Sanford. Five yeah. videos. I assume that's what REV stands for. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's what kind of reverend. A religious one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which religion. Uh yeah, he ran head, um yeah. a BBS skull and crossbones uh WWIV board. It's still up actually last I checked. It was at wwivbbs.com. Yeah. I don't know Some how guys long. Guys were trying to get in touch with his sister to uh archive that before it went down. Yeah, I hope that happens. And I used to have like skulls uh dot sites net or something like some other uh, host name but now it's uh, at least that host name is not working but the wwivbs.com does work well and that I, one I think that one I think it has been secured oh the host name I think or the so. domain name and I remembered my password so that was good because <laughs> I think it would have been hard to get somebody to find it for me. Unless he has a co-sysop or something. Yeah. And then Osprey Networks? I don't know what that is. I think that's... Uh, I'm not sure. It's got a video on here. Okay, guys. Welcome to 
this fans, this is our new Osprey Studios. Um, yeah, hope you hope you like the place. We're really working hard on this one. I mean, uh, we got all kinds of stuff going on. That's Eli. Let me swirl around here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's showing some some three dimensional DJ console virtual world. That'd be my view of the audience out there when we Maybe get that was his, uh, up going. Trip internet and radio the little booth, studio. That's our production booth. That's it looks like a Second Life thing. Our it is. Production assistant. It's oh, Second Life. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. Cool. And then, oh, this when is this from? This is from 2010. All right, welcome to the studio, Miss Dean. We got a, uh, you know, just got moved, and uh, yeah, got some big CRTs. Ah, uh, the next episode of. Uh, <laughs> but that's from t- 2010, so yeah, he's forgiven. That's a bummer. Yeah, he uh, posted something on Facebook like on Friday. Maybe it was a week ago, Friday. Anyway, and then he said, uh, you know, sorry, I haven't been around much lately. Um, I might have um, leukemia. Or he oh, put wow. ALS leukemia, which I'm like, ALS is, he has ALS and leukemia? All right, I didn't quite understand that. Anyway, um, and then I guess he did have some other disease. I forgot the name. But, uh, and then, yeah, like a few days later, he was gone. So. Yeah. So, sorry to hear about both those guys. Um, you know, it's funny, though. And this, I guess, I guess there's reason to believe that maybe, you know, BBSs will outlive us. <laughs> but um, I was helping uh, what, Nick 2001 on IRC. Just occasionally he was asking me questions. And, and uh, they're like, oh, it's all email related, you know, SMTP stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and... You know, we're going back and forth over a few hours. I think it was a couple of days even. And he asked, he said, you know, so, hey, how was your Halloween? I said, oh, this was good. You know, how about you? He's all, oh, you know, I just had some friends over and we didn't go out trick-or-treating or anything. And I'm like, oh, I'm all, so no kids then? He's all, oh, uh, I'm 14. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully not. Just, yeah, always, no kids. Yeah. So that's yeah. cool, you know. If if there, we have you know fourteen year olds interested in BBSing, and he was really um, into uh, just kind of that whole era, mm-hmm. um, then that's you know possible that people could still be developing or supporting um, door games or any other BBS <laughs> concepts, you know, twenty years from now. Well, I plan to. Yeah, you'll be around twenty years from now. Hopefully, I'll be around twenty years from now. I'm planning on being around 20 years from now, yeah. so, yeah. But new blood, new blood would be good. Yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah, I, I guess the only th- other thing that I have left to talk about is is the project I'm starting now, which is the JS Door. All right. That's right. I forgot you made progress on that before you even started the Fast Yeah, CGI, and, and fast I, was, I was getting excited about it, so I wanted to finish the Fast CGI stuff before I got sucked into another time pit. But um, basically what JS Door is, or as I may call it, Door.js. Um, <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> .js is, is the cool new thing. <sighs> but... Um, yeah, basically, it, it's a lot like Node in that it's a standalone JavaScript um, interpreter, um, but it's going to use the Synchronet object model, 
And the idea is that you'll be able to take the synchronous um, JavaScript doors that exist now and with a little bit of porting effort, get them so that they'll run on other BBSs. It's like WWIV, anything that, that runs on a 32-bit system, basically. So, or better, 3264. And support socket I.O. I can support COM.I.O. Or standard I.O.? Because there's a lot of 32-bit like Unix. And standard I.O.? Yeah, they would use standard I.O. Yeah. I mean, it. So, but that's, that's kind of the idea. And I, I've kind of got it blocked out and it's the api will be a lot a lot like more classic door kit apis and and not so much the synchronet console object and that type of thing so hopefully it'll be a, a small lift to port those games i know i'm gonna do mine and uh you know that way people who want to use a modern language to develop a door can knock something together in JavaScript and run it on their BBS, whatever it happens to be. And that's kind of a, a thing that I'm excited about right now. So Yeah. That'd be cool. And it'd be really no downside for the synchronous sysop. Mm-hmm. Like, there wouldn't be any, like, performance hit or any, like, feature reduction. Right. Yeah. You'll actually have more features available if you run it from synchronous, but you'll be able to port your door and support, you know, any system. Yeah. Well, it's up to, I mean, it depends on the, the, the door author. Like, if they wanted to put in, like, message-based support or something, then that obviously would be synchronous specific. But most doors don't well, have that kind it, of stuff. It, it wouldn't necessarily be, right? If, if they want to add jam and squish support, that's not, that's not impossible using the synchronous object model. It'd be pretty, I mean, I'm, that'd be pretty some heavy lifting. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I could do it. I mean, I've done it's a possible. jam yeah. thing in Pearl before. Called it Pearl Jam. Um, yeah, it's I a, think ba- it's it's a band by that name too. Yeah. I, I, they probably stole the name from from my. Uh, yeah, they were influenced by space? BBSers. Yeah. Except I didn't spell it with an A. It was B E R L Jam. Yeah. I can't remember why I did that. I think it was like a web interface that I did it or something. I don't know. I don't really remember. It, it was. Oh, a very long time ago. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's... Let me just check SourceForge, see if it's there. But, yeah, it, it wouldn't be too hard to do. Is that our outro? Yeah, it's long, though. You keep talking. Oh, okay. Well, I don't I don't have much to say. It, it appears that it's not on SourceForge, so... Pearl Jam? Yeah. So I don't know if it's on one of my domains or if i've just lost it yeah i guess i can search my well we we alluded to the idea of of you know having javascript uh doors for lack of a better term i think we already yeah it, uh, it's something i again it's, it's one of those things that's been kind of percolating in the back of my mind for a while and last week i guess i i was like well let me just try this first step and and see how hard it is because that was the part I wasn't really sure about was how to get the standalone interpreter working without the synchronic configuration stuff and it turned out to be a lot less work than I expected so now I can start in the exciting part which is the door kit API and, and all of that stuff so yeah it's, it's like a standalone version of JS exec 
Yeah. Called jsdoor.exe. For now, you know, doesn't need SBBS control environment variable to be set. Yeah. You know, doesn't load anything from the control directory. So. Right. No other ancillary files needed. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see which way that goes and how long it takes me to add COM port support and, and that kind of thing. I think initially it'll just be something to port my existing doors to and then add stuff as it gets picked up from there. That's cool. Yeah, and we talked about it on this podcast before it existed, and now it's exi- now it exists. Well, the beginning of it does anyway. Yeah, now it has begun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you planning on working on this week? Uh, the Synchrony BBS list. It has more to do before I move on yeah. to something else. I saw and finished that. Um. But uh, yeah, I'll be working on that and looking for uh, a new camera lens, something good for sports for the Canon. Uh, so you need a fast LEDs. Yes. Is your, does that camera even focus fast enough to seriously consider sports? Yeah. I'm not going to buy another body right now. Okay, I'm yeah. just saying, there, there's a lot of old Canon bodies that are pro-level that would probably be better for sports. Well, anyway, maybe we can talk about that on the next show and you can help me shop and decide. Yeah, or we can talk about it tomorrow and I can help you shop. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. That's one of the topics, you know, I think we should talk about more about cameras and video. And, I'm know. not really interested in video. I am. To be honest. Yeah. I know you are. Maybe the listeners are. Let us know. Yeah. Techdorks.net. Yeah, except I have to listen to this podcast as we record it. So <laughs> if I'm not actually interested in the content, I'm not going to have much to say. Okay. Yeah. That'll make it easy for me to convey my message. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. I guess that's it then. Yeah. See you next time, which will hopefully be Monday. All right. Unless it's not. Yeah. <laughs> then it won't be. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye.